Caring for loved ones while rewarding and something that a lot of us do out of love and selflessness and respect for those that we care for, it can be exhausting. And when it comes to children, you know, they say it takes a village. Uh, But that's true if you're caring for elderly loved ones as well. You need time to rest and recharge, just like Uh, you know, a job. You need time off in order to perform at your best. And that's why a respite care plan is vital to success in caring for loved ones. The importance of and need for respite care plans is what we discuss today on the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving. This is the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving on the Henson Oakley Family Dentistry Podcast Center. Whether you're caring for your elderly parents or raising your grandchildren, life can seem overwhelming at times. Join Marsha Lee and the Upper Cumberland Development District as they help you make sense of it all as a caregiver. Resources, advice, and more starts now. It's the best kept secrets of caregiving. I'm Marsha Lee with Claire Farless of the Upper Cumberland Development District. And we're discussing respite care plans and how important they are and how to how to best set them up and how to get everyone who is involved in the care plan or the patient care, if you want to call it that, or or the family member care, how how to get everyone involved, how to get everyone on the same page how to make it a productive meeting. And I know one of the the points you have on here is to stop talking. That is the hardest thing for me to do. Um, But yes, that is. Stop talking and just let everyone else um, throw out their ideas. Listen to them. And, you know, you may not like what one, let's say Aunt Aunt, Aunt Betty says, but... What Aunt Betty and Uncle Earl said together makes a wonderful idea. So, you know, just stop talking, listen, and allow um, also your family to feel like they have a, a little bit of say in it. You know, it is something good as well. You know, granted, we don't want to get, turn over full reins, but it's always I nice mean, to let them have a little bit. You might be in charge, but as my dad would say, you can draw more flies with honey <laughs> than you can with vinegar. That is true. <laughs> and so, my so if, you can ke- if you can keep it peaceful mm-hmm. uh, and the discussion and everyone open-minded then i imagine that would encourage offers and options far more easily than no no you don't understand because you're not the one doing it you mm-hmm. know I, I mean, it's it's yeah. true. And listening to their suggestions, even if it's something you've tried a million times and it doesn't work, you'd be like, you know, I have tried that, but I'll, I'll give it another try, you know, and not being defensive. It's all in your mindset, too. And sometimes the bad thing about being a caregiver is sometimes we're not in our right mindset. So at this family meeting, it's also good to let them know, like, hey, guys. If I snap at you, please don't take it personal because this could be what's going on. So even allowing them to know that um, right now I'm communicating well, but if you call me up and I'm hateful to you, no, it's not personal, even though it may feel that way. So having those open lines of communication. Too. And, and you know, revealing on the front end, you know, I'm try- I'm going to, I'm going to try to be very open-minded. I'm going to try to uh, be very open for discussion and if I come off other than that, it's because I'm exhausted and we need this plan because yeah. I need the help. Absolutely. And that that's hard. Yeah. That's a hard, hard one to do. Yeah. But sometimes it goes beyond that, you know. I mean, having a, a plan organized, having uh, different options, making sure everybody's on the same page, everybody being flexible, explaining the situation, doing it in a simple way, and then putting it down uh, on an online calendar Mm -hmm. or like we talked before about the email blast, 
just something so that everybody is aware of what the expectation is from them in this respite plan. And then maybe even planning some time in in that specific times, either once a week or once a month where the caregiver is allowed yeah <laughs> or to get away yes to, to get some time you know i i was joking earlier about the grocery store and that's a small kind of get away get out to do something but you know just a, a time where they can get away maybe they want to go to the nursery and buy flowers and and plant flower you know it's springtime maybe maybe that is relaxing to them mm-hmm. or going to get a pedicure going to get a man just something to get away and to get some distance and space from the situation that has to help you get clarity. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and we can't uh none of us can put that definition of what your respite needs to look like only but only you. So once you decide what your respite uh plan is, you've got everyone in play plan the best thing is to go away whether it's like all right i've got six of my girlfriends and we're going to the beach or if you're a very athletic person it might be going to run a 5k that might be your respite exhausting yes i'm only running if i'm getting chased but if that's your thing thing. no i'm I'm just barricading and preparing to fight Um, but no yeah and then going away and preparing something that uh that's going to be enjoyable for you and i also when i say go away that also means mental if you can detach, yes. you know, letting them know that um, unless something drastically happens, don't call me. I'll call to check in, say my love and, you know, and all that. But anything else, you handle decisions. She runs out of diapers. You figure out what brand to, to buy her. You know, those are the small details that you don't need to be caught up with. But right. that's the things that you also um, that you convey during your family meeting. You and know? that you put down in very explicit detail and instructions. If yes. they're. If you are caring for a grandchild mm-hmm. who has gets a terrible rash every time you put a pamper on them instead mm-hmm. of a loves or whatever, yes. then put those explicit details. So if the if the person filling in, uh-huh. you know, on yeah. that shift has to go get them or if, you know, if it's more than a few days that you're going to be away, if you get the luxury mm-hmm. of taking a weekend to get away, yeah. you know, that that if there are food sensitivities, if mm-hmm. there are chemical sensitivities, anything like that, it seems like, gosh, that's an awful lot of tiny little details. But I think that it's necessary. Oh, absolutely. Um, I had one caregiver that I helped do respite for, and she let me know that she wouldn't, um, her loved one wouldn't drink anything that was cold. So you had to leave it set either if it was in the refrigerator, you had to leave it sitting out for about an hour or just, you know, you didn't do that. And most mm-hmm. people around here, you put ice, you put, yeah. you know, you get them a cold drink. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, so those small details mattered greatly. And even, you know, when we think about also um, loved ones that are dealing with dementia, knowing what hallucinations they may, they may be or may be having and what stages they're in. So, you know, if I'm starting to talk to, to you about my grandfather, Fred, and all I tell you is, you know, Fred came to visit me. Obviously, I probably wouldn't call him Fred, but I might. You need to know a little bit of that. If I'm starting to tell you about Fred, well, who is Fred? Sure. You know, and then it also, especially in cases with um, elderly folks who are experiencing the onset of dementia, mm-hmm. knowing to expect that mm-hmm. or to what degree to expect it and then being able to make the decision Mm-hmm. As a observer of this activity or behavior, 
is this something out of the ordinary that could be the symptom of a fever, of an infection, of a, you know, of of a stroke, Mm -hmm. of any of those other things, knowing knowing what is even abnormal for sometimes abnormal behavior would be important. Oh, yeah. It's like playing a detective. So just imagine you being a respite care detective. You're going in providing your caregiver with respite and you're now the detective. You know, what what clues does she leave you about her behavior? Um, you know, what foods, those kind of things. Those are all great things to, to know. Um, but, but having a respite care plan is just crucial. You know, like I said, you can you can follow what we've done here through the link or you can create your own. But the most important thing about a respite care plan is to simply have one. Absolutely. It's the best kept secrets of caregiving. I'm Marsha Lee with Claire Farless of the Upper Cumberland Development District as we're discussing respite care plans. And we've talked about these respite care plans uh, and how important they are and getting those in place as quickly as you can when you become a caregiver. But maybe before that and even after that, what are some ways that you can avoid burnout? You know, when when maybe you're just in the in the early stages of trying to navigate and try to put together a respite care plan. What are some ways to to really help you know, what can you tell yourself some things? Can you yeah. can you kind of talk yourself <laughs> off the ledge? You know? Well, I think one of the first things is kind of like when we sit down and do a respite care plan, also sitting down and deciding what is your definition of burnout? For me, my de- definition of burnout could be completely different than yours. So let's say if I get in uh, a month into it and I haven't been able to go to lunch with my friends, that's burnout for me. Right. You know, but every but like everyone would have probably different mental and physical thresholds. Yes, absolutely. And so sitting down and defining those, you know, and being able to look for the signs. Well, what will be my sign um, if I start to notice that I'm withdrawing? You know, I'm, am I having burnout or is it depression? You know, being aware of those signs and then just re- one of the most important things that you can remind yourself is that what your work has value what you're doing it, you know you may not be getting paid a dollar for it but what you're doing has tremendous value that we can't put a, a price on um, so reminding yourself that um, and you know I sing this to myself a lot um, is the frozen song let it go you know mm. when I'm looking at things that I can't control Instead of having the burnout and that frustration of not being able to control it. And and it all of that exhausted energy mm-hmm. wasted on fretting and worrying and, and oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't yes. know what I'm going to do. That's not helping. No, no. What, you know, in those situations, the, eas- the easiest and the hardest thing to do is to put it aside. It, you know, and it, that that's, it can be the easiest thing you can do and it can be the hardest because you've got all that going through your mind. But reminding yourself that you have value, um, you know, and finding ways to communicate, kind of like we talked about up here with our rest. So you're not having to repeat it over and over and yes. over again. The webs, uh, you know, having a Facebook group page. Mass text messages, mm-hmm. you know, that was yeah. how my brothers and sister and I, when my dad was really sick and I was communicating with them updates or mm-hmm. even updates with with services for my mom yeah it's a lot easier for me to 
add, 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 <laughs> add in my phone and send out one message mm-hmm. than to take all of the time, because I'm already spending a lot of time doing all of these other things, yeah. to call each of them. Yes, absolutely. Mass text messages are wonderful. Um, sometimes I send those out, but then I don't send it out as a group message. Everyone gets it individually. Right. So because that, they, that it's not. <laughs> you don't get those. I totally bing, bing, get bing, bing, that. Bing. I totally get that. That causes me burnout right <laughs> yes, there. Yes, yes. I'm getting a massive amount. <laughs> absolutely. Joining, uh, joining a support group, uh, you know, no, no, that's another thing you can help with a burnout because there are tips that you can go. If you're dealing with dementia, the Alzheimer's Tennessee has a great support group. We have, you know, not to plug our own support group, but we have a wonderful support group as well where we just try to love on our, our caregivers. But joining those support groups and knowing that you're not the only one, um, only one dealing with this because I may not know that it's okay that some days I feel so mad that I just want to shut the door and walk out and never come back. And I'm like, how could I feel that about well, my own but, loved one? Right. But you can. It's amazing what your your mind and during those frustrations, what your mind can, 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 the thoughts that it can accumulate. So just knowing that you're not alone. And then how do I deal with that? If I'm being getting frustrated with my loved one at the point where I feel physical anger toward them, then I need to take a time out. I need to, Absolutely. Go, I need to go outside, take a breath breathe and remind myself of what the important thing is um you know in that so joining a support group having um having people to talk with about that and it may not even be an in-person it could be an online support group Mm -hmm. um one of the funny things i follow the del hollow um eagles and what i have noticed on the side of it is that there's almost like a little support group of people that just (laughs) talk about their lives in general and their main common factor is the fact that they watch the eagles and that just cracks me up but i was like well that's their own little support group yeah so you know you may join a support group and and it may not have anything may not look like what you would think of as a support group but yeah just be open to it be open to that um Getting organized, gosh, you know, I'm, I always consider myself an organized mess. I know what pile has what in it. Same. But I could, I could do a, a, a toe touch when I actually have it where it's supposed to be, and, um, and then I can go to it at any moment. That is a blessing. So if you can get yourself organized, and maybe it's not even yourself. Maybe it's like, hey, I've got a good friend named Susie that is the most organized person in the world. I'm going to call on her. Hey, I've got all of this. Help me. What do I do with it? You know, that's a little bit of respite as well there. So getting organized, knowing that you've got the documents, you've got everything in place. It can help with the burnout, too. Um, I can think back to college and the times that I was uh, more worried and, and had more anxieties when the times I wasn't prepared. So the more that you can prepare to be a caregiver, the better. We think it would cause you to have... Um, more uh, anxiety but really it can help you because you can relieve it because you know how to handle it absolutely and then uh, you know i think it's also important in high stress situations and high stress um, caregiving uh, you know situations to make sure that you've got positive people around you because you are the company you keep Exactly. You know, I mean, and if you're constantly surrounded by pessimism and negative, Mm -hmm. then it it just it's infectious. It is. Positivity is also infectious. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, keeping those positive people, um, you know, you shared when your parents were uh, sick, you had I'm sure you had a support. And I did my I did also I had a friend that was going through something similar and I would call her and be like, "Okay, this is what I'm going through today. And we would sit there and build each other up. 
versus, you know, I have another good friend, wonderful person, but like Debbie Downer, oh, that's great until they die. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm like, okay. I, I appreciate, I know that came with love. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. But keeping that positive relationships are, are just crucial. Anything that you're doing, um, the give yourself a break. It's kind of like, you know, we actually, um, in one of my seminars, we've talked about even caregivers taking a break every hour and it just being five minutes, just take you a five minute break. I mean, go to the bathroom, go sit on the porch for just five minutes, walk down the sidewalk and back, yeah. get us some air, just something to. Yeah. Cause we, everyone can, you can get five minutes, you know, I know it may seem like you can't, but you've got to make that effort. And once you start making the effort, it will, it will help you. And, and I think it's also helpful to schedule it. Mm-hmm. That at eleven o'clock, hey, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change your diaper. I'm, I'm watching my grandkid. I'm gonna change your diaper mm-hmm. at ten fifty-five. I'm laying you down for a nap, yep. and then I'm gonna turn on Young and the Restless. Yes, you know? there, there you go, there you go, and we're gonna let you cry until it's over. No, I'm just no, no, um, but yes, yeah, but having those and it's okay. Um, you know, even at work, when I first started as a young professional in this field, I didn't know how to set my boundaries. And that's really something as a caregiver to set your boundaries of burnout. Like I can, I'm okay with this, but when I get to here, that's when I have to, I have to, to do something. Well, and without those boundaries, you affect not only your mental health, but your physical health. Oh yes. Stress is so, just so, um, horrible on ourselves and what it can do. And that brings us to one of the last points that I have on here is not forgetting to take care of your own health, keeping your own doctor's appointments. Um, I, I go every six months to the doctor just to make sure that everything's good. And it's amazing what stress will, how it will, um, how it will fluctuate your health. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. absolutely. It's the best kept secrets of caregiving with the Upper Cumberland Development District. Claire Farless, thank you so much for being with me today. This has been a a very great discussion. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. I'm always, I always love it. Now, if someone would like more information or to get some help, maybe on how to start planning uh, to make a respite care plan, how could they get that information? Um, well, I've provided a link that uh, that we can link to this podcast, but also mainly just Google. And I know that's such a simple a simple uh, answer, but really there's a lot of great information out there. Family Care Alliance, um, um, AARP has great information, Alzheimer's Tennessee, Alzheimer's Association. Um, those are great things. And if, they, and if you're still struggling, give me a call at the Development District. My number is 931 931- Four seven six four one four three, and I'd be happy to to make an appointment to sit down talk with you in person if you'd prefer a one on one, and we'll sit down and make up your your care your respite care plan uh, together if if that's what we need to do. Great helpful advice. I'm Marsha Lee. This has been the best kept secrets of caregiving, helping you know what resources are there and connecting you with the people who can help you utilize them. Thank you for listening to the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving with Marsha Lee and the Upper Cumberland Development District. Check for new episodes or listen to past episodes on demand in the Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry Podcast Center at Newstalk941.com.